having a neat conversation this morning about the marathon from yesterday, and somebody said, what do you eat when you run 26.2 miles? And my answer was, anything you want. Like, it's just free. I, I've, I've got this calorie thing on my watch. It said I burned 6,000 calories. I, don't, I usually don't burn that in a week, and I burned it in a day. So anyway, I had, I had some great food last night, and I feel like I should be able to just eat anything I want all week. So for those of you that follow me on Instagram, a lot of food porn. A lot of food porn. There we go. So food porn. I did, okay, got a track. Um, so t- today I want to talk about a verse that if you're from a church background or you're a Christian or like you were at a Christian gym one time or whatever, you've seen this verse, but I want to talk about it in a way that, that I've never seen it and m- maybe you've never seen it either. Let me kind of set it up like this. I was talking with a friend on the phone uh, a couple weeks ago. And I asked her, I said, uh, she said something about grabbing dinner. And I said, oh, what'd you eat for dinner? And she said, oh, I had McDonald's. And b- before I even thought, like before, it, it wasn't even a, it wasn't, I said, oh, I like Burger King. And, and it, I just stopped in that moment and thought, why, why did I say that? But we're like that so many times. We're so divided on so many things. It's like, I like McDonald's. I like Burger King. Well, number one, she didn't ask. And number two, Burking is better, but but like that that's what that's that was the conversation. And I started thinking about the number of times you'll tell somebody, um, I like like if you want to walk up to somebody and they say I like Pepsi, you'll say I like Coke, which you should, but you should like Coke better than Pepsi. But but once again, if somebody says they like something, we automatically feel like we can we got to chime in and focus on the differences. I'm a Republican. I'm a Democrat. I believe this. I believe that. It's, it, we always focus on the differences, but I think I think that we have more in common with each other than we could ever imagine. Now, political parties and commercials and um, marketing—they love to highlight the differences so they can uh, segment things out and say certain things to certain groups of people. But and the, and and they're focused on how divided we are. But there's one thing, one thing, there's more than one thing actually, but there's one thing today that we all have in common, all of us. It doesn't matter what age, race, economic background, male, female, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. There's one thing that all of us have in common, and it's this. All of us know what it's like to experience pain. Pain does not discriminate. Pain does not care about your background or your bank account. Pain is that thing that when it happens to you, and by the way, let me just kind of pause real quick. You can't define somebody else's pain. You can't look at somebody and go, that's not a big deal. When you say that's not a big deal, you're you're more unchristlike in that moment than you could imagine. We, we don't know what is painful to someone else. What might not be painful to me could, could be incredibly painful to this person and vice versa. So one of the things that we've got to stop doing is trying to, oh, you should just get over that. Oh, you shouldn't let that bother you. Well, that's easy for us to say because we're not in that situation. And when somebody is in pain, they will do anything to escape that pain. Anything. Karis, um, I shared this recently, but I'll share it again. Karis, my daughter, asked me one day we were riding down the road. She said, Daddy, what's the, 
What's the most pain you've ever been in at one time? Like the most physical pain. I said, oh, God, that's easy. That's super easy. I said, it's when I it tried, tried my first marathon, and I passed out in, in the road. It was totally awesome. And I woke up, and I'm in this med tent, and they're getting ready to put me in the ambulance. And I had a cramp in my left foot. Now, some of you are like, oh, God, cramp. Just, just wait, okay? Don't stop trying to define my pain. Just wait. So my left foot is cramping. But it was like a, it was a serious cramp. Now, have you ever woke up in the middle of the night with a cramp and, and you're, you like, you grab the bedpost or you, you know, slug your spouse or whatever you got to do to try to get out of that. And, and I was like, my, my, my foot's cramping. There's a nurse there and I was like, my foot's cramping, my foot's cramping, my foot. Well, as soon as I said that, my calf, my left calf cramped at the same time. So I got my calf and I got my foot going on at the same time. And she was like, is it your calf or your foot? I was like, yes, yes, it's my calf and my foot. And then when I said that, my hamstring locked up. And then right after that, my quad locked up. So my quad, my hammy, my calf, and my left foot are all cramping. And then my right foot cramped. And then my right calf. And then my right hammy. And then my right quad. In that moment, I said words that, that I won't even repeat. And you're like, well, you shouldn't have, you shouldn't. No, I was in pain. In that moment, I'm, I'm, I'm just confessing to you right now. In that moment, if you would have said, take this and it'll get rid of your pain, I would have taken whatever you handed me. I would have, I would have smoked it. I would have snorted it. I would have done whatever I needed to do. You know why? Because when you're in pain, you'll do anything to escape that situation. It doesn't matter if it's physical pain. It doesn't matter if it's an emotional pain. In fact, one of the things I've learned is if you talk to someone who's truly dealing with some sort of an addiction, getting them to try to stop doing what they're addicted to without trying to understand their pain is one of the most uncompassionate things in the world. People don't go out and get addicted to stuff just to do it. It's usually to try to cover up some deep-seated pain in their lives. So with all of this in mind, I want us to look at a verse that for me helps me to kind of deal with the pain that I face. That you face. And I, I'm, I, believe, I believe my hope and my prayer today is that it'll help all of us deal with the pain that we feel. And once again, it's one of the most popular verses. It's one of the most quoted verses in the entire, in fact, I quoted this verse a lot yesterday when I was running. I did, I did. Here's the verse, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, the first time I saw that verse ever, I was in a gym. I was at the YMCA, and it was on, like, the wall, and I was like, oh, my gosh, God gave us a verse for weightlifting. That's the most incredible thing in the world. That's what I thought. I was really young in my faith, but, but now I understand so much more about this verse. Now, some of you are like, I know what you're thinking. What does that verse have to do with pain? Well, I'm glad you asked. First of all, we got to understand who wrote it. It was a guy named Paul. And we got to understand where he wrote it. In prison. Now, if you, if you circle back around to the fact that Paul was in prison, this is not the kind of 
prison verse you would think. Like if I'm writing stuff in prison, I'm like, get me out of here, help me, Lord, or whatever. But Paul in prison says, hey, listen, I don't know what your situation is like, but here's what I do know. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, originally, originally, I had not planned on preaching this, this verse today. But last Sunday night, I'm getting ready to go to bed. I had another message planned for today. I was, and I was super excited about it. And God laid this verse on my heart. Philippians 4.13. And I, I don't know if you've ever argued with God. I, I argue with him sometimes. I always lose. Always lose. But I don't know. So I don't know why I do it. Um, but God was like, Philippians 4.13. And I said, literally, I said, I got it. I got, I got Philippians. He said, no, you don't. I said, no, I, God, I've, I've got it. I got it in the NIV, in the ESV, in the NLT, in the OCD. Like, I, I, got, I, got, all, I got all of it, God. And he was like, no, you don't. So I'm in my bed, and I, le- I sit up in my bed. He was like, type it out. So I typed it out. You know, he was right. I didn't have it. There's some stuff in this thing I didn't see. For example, I didn't notice that this sentence, one of the most famous sentences in the entire Bible, starts with I and ends with me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I and me. I and me. I and me. What stood out to me about this, stood out to me, and I hope it stands out to you, is this. You are more important to God than you could ever imagine right now. God's not in love with some future version of you. God's not in love with some past person who you used to be, but you're not quite as good as you used to be in your mind. God is madly in love with you. One of the things that we, I think we do sometimes in Christianity, and I understand the reason is we love to tell people, um, and I'm guilty of this too, how unimportant they are. You know, it's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus, and it's all about you as well. It really is. Because, don't, don't, don't miss this. Don't miss this. Jesus is essential. If you take Jesus out of the sentence, the sentence doesn't make sense. But the sentence starts with I, and it ends with me. In other words, Jesus cares more about you than you could ever imagine. And one of the best things that the world could get is a healthy version of you. So it is all about Jesus, but it's all about Jesus in you. You are you matter do you know what a miracle it is that you're even born right your mom and your dad hooked up at the right time had your mom not had an extra glass of wine you might not be here right you know what it takes to make a baby do you know how a baby watch this we got a video it's only 15 seconds long on how a baby's made watch this i'm just kidding we didn't have a video (laughs) but i bet you parents all over living rooms all over america were like no and so we just like lost half of our stream but that's okay you matter and and the way that we can understand that we matter to god more than anything else on the planet is all we got to do is look at the cross this is, this is crazy. Philip has the dog 
His name is Brady. And it's, he's a golden doodle, but he's about like three times the size of Chance, my dog. They play together all the time. Brady's a horrible influence on my dog. Anyway, um, no, it, anytime they're together, like they, they're pretty good dogs. But anytime they get there together, they, they poop in the office. They do. And, and they don't ever do it at home. They, they, they never do this at home, but they, they poop in the office, and it's crazy. Well, one day, <laughs> I'm in the restroom washing my hands, and Philip it like sprints behind me. It's like, and he goes into like the stall area and I hear him going. I'm like, hey man, uh, everything okay over there? Everything okay? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, do you, do you eat something bad? He's like, uh-uh, uh-uh. I was like, what's wrong? He said, Brady took a dump in the hall. I was like, yeah, what, what's the matter? He goes, I can't clean that stuff up. I can't clean it up. I can't clean it up. I was like, do you do, you do this every time your dog takes a slam? Like, do you, is this how you are? He's like, yeah, yeah, oh, God. I, and, and I just, I was like, man, that guy really loves his dog. He really loves his dog. Now, we'll look at somebody like Philip and go, oh, my gosh, Philip loves his dog because he almost throws up. He cleans up his poop and he almost throws up. He loves his dog. We'll admire Philip for loving his dog, but we'll look at a bloodstained cross and wonder if God loves us that much. The cross. The cross was not intended for us to have a nice piece of jewelry. The cross was intended to remind you and me that we matter to God more than you could imagine. So the place I begin to process my pain is the fact that what breaks my heart and your heart breaks God's heart too. I can do all things. Now, I, 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 love, I love the... The first two words, it, it says, I can. I can. I can. I can. I can. I like that. I, uh, I was looking at, Kara's growing up, she's always loved books. Always loved books. We always had lots of books around. And children's books, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you all, some children's books are completely sketch. You shouldn't let your kids read them because they're sketch, all right? Like, I'm just going to go ahead and go on record. Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, something wrong. Something wrong with that whole story. Woman shacking up with seven dwarves in the, in the woods, always happy about cleaning. I mean, she was on crack. I'm convinced with all my heart that Snow White did crack. So that's just, but that's my personal belief. And the prince came along and kissed her and they lived happy, happily ever after. <laughs> anyway, um, the, other, the other book I don't like, and I'm going to get some pushback from this, but I want you to listen to me. I don't like it. I don't like the little engine that could. And here's why. Here's why. Because everybody's like, oh, I love that book. It's so positive. No, it's not. It sucks. Because the engine's like, I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. Screw I think. Paul, Paul didn't say, I think I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Paul said, I can. I can do all things through Christ. In other words, Paul's like, hey, this isn't about our physical condition as much as it is about our mindset. 
Paul didn't walk around going, I think I can do something. I hope I can. I think I can make it. One of the things that we are known for as Christians, I can't handle this pressure. I can't handle this anxiety. I can't handle these kids. I can't handle this relationship. What would happen if we changed our mindset from I can't to I can't? It's all about a mindset change. Now, I love it when you talk about mindset because people step in going, uh, you got some of that new age stuff going on with that mindset. Next thing we know, Pastor P, you're going to be doing yoga. <laughs> Let me make you a promise. I, I, I'm, listen, I, I, listen this, this is all I got right here. This is it. I don't, I don't even know what, like somebody came up to me one time, they were like, we were doing yoga. And, look, one, and a guy looked at me, a guy was doing yoga. He said, you ever done the downward dog? It's like you were, <laughs> you were a dirty man. Um, that, that, like, like that was, I don't know what it was. I still don't know what it is. I don't want to know. All right, just, just for. The, so everybody talks about when you talk about mindset, you're talking about new age. You're talking about no, 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 no. Christianity had a thing on this mindset way before like the the, the yoga thing came along. Second Corinthians ten five tells us we can take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. That's mindset. Romans twelve two says that we get closer to God by renewing our mind. The word repent, which is one of the number one words in Christianity in the New Testament, doesn't mean to change your behavior. Repent comes from a Greek word called metanoia, which means change your mind. This is all about mindset and one of the places that we can begin to step out of our pain and into progress is when we realize that in Christ it's not I think I can, I hope I can, maybe I can, but in Christ, I can. That's a factual statement. We can take that to the bank. Now, I love, I love this next one. I can do. I can do. Let's just, I feel good today. What happens when you run 26.2 miles? You feel good. Men, Women will lie to you. Don't awe. Telling y'all the truth. Went out with this girl one time. She was like, listen, I don't mind if you notice if other girls are cute. Because I notice if a girl's cute. Like if I ever look at you and say, she's cute, you can agree with me and it's all right. If I ever look at a girl and say, her butt's nice, you can agree with me and say, it's all right. Two or three days later, we're out. She's like, that girl right there is cute. She's got a nice butt. Don't you think so? I was like, yeah. <laughs> Last date. <laughs> Girls, don't get mad. I'm going to get every one of you right here. Guy, I ask you. Where would you like to eat? What do you normally say? It don't matter. Liar. You got a place in your mind. And he needs to read it. And if he reads it correctly, which he never does. Right? Am I right? Yeah, where do you want to go? It don't matter. I went with this girl in college. This is our last date. And I said, where would you like to eat? She said, it don't matter. I was like, oh, awesome. Let's go to such and such. She said, no, I don't like that. I said, all right, let's go to such and such. 
She said, I don't like that. I said, okay, well, you got to make a decision. She said, I'm not making a decision. I said, if you don't make a decision on where we're going to go eat, I, will, I was on Clemson Boulevard. I said, I will stop this car in the middle of this road, and I will not move until you tell me where we're going to go. And then she looked at me, and she said, you won't do it. I locked that puppy down and put it in park. Now, she made a decision. I just had to help. I was just trying to help encourage her and show her that she could make a decision. And, and the reason I bring it back around is, is Paul said, I can do. In other words, Paul said, there's something I can do. Paul didn't say, I can pray, which we should pray. I'm not against pray, prayer. I was like, Paul said, I can do. In other words, it, this kind of goes against that phrase. Have you ever heard the phrase, sometimes you just got to, and this, this bothers me, sometimes you just got to let go and let God. And what the hell does that mean? Like, I, I, don't, know, I don't know what that means. Like, what if we drove like that? God, I'm just letting go right now. How many crashes would there be, right? Were, and the officer were you texting? No, I was letting go letting God. Okay, well, you're in their living room, in your car. So there, there's a problem there. But that's one of the things. One of the reasons we say let go and let God is so we won't actually have to take a step of faith. Paul said, I can do In other words, Paul said, I can take a step of faith. Hey, David, David believed with all his heart that God was with him. David believed with all his heart that he could defeat Goliath. But you know what? He had to do something. He had to walk down to the creek. He had to pick up five rocks, and he had to step out there with a rag and a stone and bring the giant down. He didn't pray Goliath away. He's like, you know what? I can't do this, and I can't fight like him, and I can't wear his armor, but I'm going to do what I can do. And at the end of the story, the giant fell, not because David prayed or did a Bible study on how to defeat giants. He took a step of faith. Paul knew what God could do because he's writing from a Philippian jail, or he's writing to people in Philippi. The first time we see Philippi is in Acts chapter 16. When Paul's in a Philippian jail, he's been beaten, it's midnight, he's in stocks, and he's, he's in chains. He's like, I don't know how to do a jail break. I, like, I don't know how to bust out of this place, but you know what I know how to do? I know how to worship. So the Bible says that Paul and Silas started singing hymns. I can't get out of this situation. I can't change my circumstances, but you know what I can do? I can worship in the middle of prison. And as he began to worship in the middle of prison, all the chains came off of all the prisoners. God set them all free because Paul said, I can do. If we would start, listen, I may not be able to handle everything coming against me right now, but I can pray. I can worship. I can take a step of faith. I can choose to believe that the best is yet to come. I can choose to believe that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I think we got to stop focusing on what we can't do and focus on what we can do in Christ. Which is, by the way, we're just sticking with one verse today. It's real simple. I love it when he says, I can do all things through Christ. Have you, have you ever not recognized somebody? Like they see you in the store, they come up and start talking to you. And, and you're having a conversation. And the conversation gets to a point where you're, they know you, but you don't know them, but you're not comfortable stopping them and going, I'm sorry. 
I have no clue who you are. I was walking to Target one day. A girl comes up to me and she said, hey, you remember me? I hate that, by the way. If you do that in public, and by the way, somebody's going to do it this week and you're going to try to be funny, you're not funny. You're annoying. You're getting on my nerves. Stop it. Like, I, I, can't, like, I don't like to play that game. Do you remember me? Nope. Nope. Or, yep, had a nightmare once. You were in it. It was this situation right here. Girl comes up and she goes, you remember me? I was like, no, I, I don't. She said, we used to date. And I thought, I didn't say it. I'm telling you, I'm writing a book about all the thoughts that I've had. Must have sucked, but I didn't say that. I was just like, oh, wow. You must have me confused with somebody else. I didn't, I didn't recognize who I was talking to. I was at an event one time, and I walked up to this, this, this girl was there, and she's like, hey, Peter, 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 come here, meet my dad, meet my dad, meet my dad. So I go up, and I meet her dad, and I shook his hand, and he said, he said your, your first name is Perry? I was like, yeah. He said, my last name is Perry. I was like, oh, that was funny. That's like, I, we could be Perry Perry. Ha, 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 ha. Like, funny, funny, funny. We talked for about 20 minutes. I walked away to this group of people who, was, who were looking at me talking to this guy, and their mouths were like wide open. And I was like, hey, what's going on? They were like, how did that feel? I was like, well, I felt like a conversation. You don't know who that is? Hmm. That's, that's Rick Perry, the governor of Texas. Oh, heck, I didn't, like, I, I didn't know. I didn't know who I was talking to. I'd have talked about text. Hey, remember the Alamo, which, by, I don't know why they say that. Everything just all imploded. Anyway, I can, all things through Christ. I didn't recognize who I was talking to because if I would have recognized who I was talking to, I could have talked about some different stuff. I could have learned some stuff. I could, it could have been a much better conversation than the superficial conversation we were having about nice weather we're having, isn't it? Yep, 100% chance of weather tomorrow. I didn't recognize who I was talking to. I think one of the problems that I know I have so many times that I'm betting that everybody watching and listening to this message has sometimes is we don't recognize who Jesus is. Do, 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 do we realize what he's capable of? I mean... Have we seen his resume? The whole virgin birth thing, going to go ahead and chalk that up as a miracle. The way he got here was supernatural. That's what he majors in. Jesus majors in the supernatural. So when you're facing an impossible situation, impossible is nothing more than a setup for a miracle. Impossible means it's a setup for a miracle. If we follow the life of Jesus... The very first miracle he ever performed was water into wine. He shows up at a party. They run out of wine. So he takes something water. He takes something natural, water. Water is as common as anything that we have. Water is common. Water is common. But he takes something common, and he puts his blessing on it. And then something common becomes something supernatural. That's what Jesus wants to do. We feel common and we feel ordinary, but Jesus said, no, 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 no. When I get involved in your life, you go from common to supernatural and you can do all things because I will give you strength. I love it in, 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 um, when he finds the guy in John chapter 5 who'd been sitting by the pool for 38 years. 38 years. Paralyzed by a pool, sitting by a pool. Can you imagine... Being in that condition, 
for 38 years. We live in a society where if we sit in Chick-fil-A's drive-thru for more than five minutes, we'll talk about how depressed we are. You're not depressed. You're spoiled. It's Chick-fil-A. Give them one more minute. They'll confirm your order 14 more times, and then they'll get it to you. That's what they do. Can you imagine this guy? being? He's been by this pool for 38 years, paralyzed, and Jesus walks up to him and asks him a question. Do you want to get healed? Now, I remember when I first read that story, I thought, that was a dumb question. I know you're not supposed to say Jesus says dumb things, but in my mind, it was dumb. Do you want to get healed? But I've been, I've been in ministry for about 30 years now. You know, some people don't want to get healed. They don't. We talked about this a few weeks ago. I'll just say it again. They just want to, they want to be the victim. As long as somebody wants to identify as depressed, they'll always be depressed. As long as somebody wants to identify as an addict, they'll always be an addict. But when somebody begins to identify as a child of God and finds their identity in who they are in Christ, it changes everything. I've had people come up to me in public and they're like, I'm so sorry for your story. And I'm so sorry for what you've been. I'm like, listen, I'm the last person on the planet you need to feel sorry for. I'm not a victim. I'm a survivor. I came through it and I'm better on the other side. And if I came through what I went through, you can go through what you're going through. At the end of the day, you got to choose whether you're going to be a victim or a survivor. Because somebody else in the world has gone through your circumstances and they came out on the other side and they're still standing. I'm not saying that the pain isn't there. I'm not saying that the pain isn't real. I'm not saying it doesn't hurt like hell. I'm not saying there's days that you don't want to get out of bed. What I am saying is you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you because Jesus asked him, did he want to get well? And when Jesus got involved, a man who had been that way, who thought he would always be that way for 38 years, picked up his mat and he walked away because the natural hit, the natural and the supernatural met. And anytime the natural and the supernatural meet, supernatural always wins out. Then there's the whole resurrection. <laughs> That's like we lose sight of that. Jesus said, they're going to kill me. I'll see you in three days. If anybody said that to you today, today, hey, there's some people upset with me. They're going to kill me. I'll see you in three days. Nobody would go, I'm going to take you at your word. No, we'd call the cops, 911, have them arrested or whatever. But Jesus predicted his death. And his resurrection. Now, don't miss this. Don't miss this. That Jesus, who was born of a virgin, that Jesus, who turned water into wine, that Jesus, who healed the man that had been crippled for 38 years, that Jesus, who predicted his death and resurrection, if you're a Christian, lives inside of you. So please tell me what's impossible for Jesus in you. I'm not saying it's not hard. I'm not saying the pain's not real. I'm not saying it's not a struggle. I'm saying that the mindset we need to have is I can 
do? Jesus, what's my next step? I can do some things. No, I can do all things. That thing you've been saying you can't handle, you actually can. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. I'm not saying it's going to be overnight. It's a process. But I can do all things by myself. Nope. Through Christ. Who strengthens me? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Jesus in us gives us the strength we need to walk through the fire that is in our life. Jesus in us gives us the strength we need. Do, do you realize, because I lose sight of this so often, do you realize how amazing it is to have Jesus living inside of you? You, and I'm talking to the person right now, you are your worst enemy. The negative self-talk that goes on in your mind is, and I say this as somebody that wrestles with it too, has got to stop. You are not who other people say you are. You're not even who you, you're not even who you say you are. You are who Christ says you are. And he says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. He custom designed you. You were custom designed by the creator of the universe on purpose, with a purpose, and for a purpose. He is a father to the fatherless. He is our provider. He is our protector. He is our savior. He is our sustainer. And in him, you and I, we are blessed. We are highly favored. Whenever we step into a situation, we are never alone because he's always with us. You are the head and not the tail. You are above and not beneath. Your enemies will come at you in one direction, but they will flee in seven because the living God lives inside of us. His spirit lives inside of us, which allows us to overcome anything the world throws.